Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand just a little more about how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition and the Skyway Community. The Skyway Community gives you context from former contracting officers, just-in-time training in the government market, and consulting to solve your unique puzzles. Visit askskyway.com to learn more and to see if you're a fit. Today we bring back a regular guest, Shelly Hall, to talk about contract closeout. Let's get started. So the contract is over. The government has received whatever supplies or services that it bought. The contractor has delivered all of the supplies or services that were required to be delivered. The period of performance is over. You're, you're done, right? Whoa, 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 no, whoa, not so fast there, Paul. <laughs> you got to do contract closeout. Contract closeout. So just because it's over, it isn't over. It's not over until it's officially <laughs> closed, which means there's a modification that's issued that says we are done. Contract closeout is in FAR Part 4, the FAR 804 actually is called Closeout of Contract Files. 4.804-1 says closeout by the office administering the contract. And what's a, what's that mean, administering the contract? Well, you know, that could be two different things. Sometimes the PCO, the procuring contracting officer, it's a cradle-to-grave operation. It's operational contract services, and so they award the contract and they close the contract out. So they also become the administering contracting officer. However, in a lot of big systems-type contracts, you have the first contracting officer, the PCO, that awards the contract, and then it's turned over to an administering contracting officer. It could be a DCMA office. It just could be an ACO at another base. It's the person who administers the contract that's responsible for the closeout. The FAR actually spells out time standards for when contract files should be closed out. And I'll run through these very quickly. If your contract used simplified acquisition procedures, it's closed when the CO receives evidence of that, that they received what they're supposed to receive and payment's done. It's just done. There's nothing else to do. If it's a firm fixed price contract, it's supposed to be closed within six months after the date when the CO receives evidence that, that it's over. Physical completion is what it's called. Same thing. They've received everything they need to know. Final payment. For cost-type contracts, you have to settle the indirect cost rates before you can close it. And that's supposed to happen within 36 months of the date when the CO receives evidence that the contract is physically complete. And we'll talk about we'll talk about 36 months here in a minute. For all other contracts, the FAR says they should be closed within 20 months of the date when the CO receives evidence of that physical completion. So in less than two years, a contract's closed. How often does that happen, Shelley? Um, never, never, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Um, 20 months is just, really fast. Yeah. I've, I've never even seen the 36 months <laughs> or even really the six months. I have seen some files for simplified acquisition procedures and, you know, so that's something normally that's under $150,000. So right. it's, you know, fairly simple, small dollar, easy to figure out if you've 
received it and paid for it. I've seen some of those get done fairly quickly, but um, even those probably six months is a stretch for those. Yeah. Who knew that the FAR actually lays that out? And who's in charge of enforcing that? <laughs> it doesn't seem to be enforced yeah, I, very uh, often. They're, they're not doing their job very well. <laughs> All right, a couple more FAR things before we get deeper. You can't close a contract if the contract is in litigation or under appeal, or if the contract was terminated, you can't close it until all of the required termination actions have been completed. And those can take quite some time. I've seen some contract files that were in litigation that it's, you know, 15, 20 years later, right? just because it has a court trial and so forth and so on. This part of the FAR also spells out all the steps required to close out a contract and what you have to do. We're not going to get into those details today, but one more important thing to mention is 4.804-1B says that quick closeout procedures should be used when appropriate to reduce administrative costs and to enable de-obligation of excess funds. Quick closeout procedures. What's a quick closeout, Shelley? Well, I think it's it's a wonderful concept, and, and it's in Part 42 of the FAR, which is the contract administration section of the FAR. So it's not in the closeout section, but it's talking about that the CO can actually negotiate a settlement for direct and indirect costs, and they can do it for a contract or a task order or a delivery order to be closed in advance of the ter- determination of those final direct rates. So it has to be physically complete. The amount of the unsettled costs has to be sig- insignificant, and they actually define that as the lesser of $1 million or 10% of the total contract TO or DO. The CO assesses risk to determine if quick closeout is fitting, and agreements can be made on a sound estimate of allocable dollars. So to say it another way, if the contract is over with, there's not much ambiguity as to what the final cost should be, or it's such a small dollar amount, it's not going to swing it either way. And both sides can agree, let's just close this thing. You can yeah. close it right away. Yeah, and, and they probably should call this quicker closeout because <laughs> uh, it, it you know this still can take an awfully long time, especially since you're, you know, you really are having to negotiate between, you know, it's a negotiation between the contractor and the ACO. Quicker closeout is such a pessimistic way. Quick sounds better. Yeah. Okay. Quick. It's quick. There you go. Before we move on, I should explain when we're talking about settlement of direct and indirect costs, what happens is as a contractor, you estimate what your indirect costs are, that that overhead and G&A and fringe benefits, you estimate what those costs are going to be for the year. But until that year is done, you don't really know exactly what they are. So you've estimated them. When the year's over, you have to submit an incurred cost submission to the government that spells out what all your costs were. Then that sits for mm, years maybe (laughs) sits for a long time until the government's ready to negotiate that and that's usually in the dod world it's dcma or dcaa that do that they pull out your incurred cost submissions and then review them audit them and negotiate with you if they think that maybe some costs that you have allocated to their contracts shouldn't be allocated there so what happens is your incurred cost submission when it's audited and when you negotiate it, you might come out with slightly different rates than you expected. And this is years later when this is taking place. So the quick closeout skips all that and says, 
there's not much money at risk for either side here. So let's just use you know, pretty much what you estimated at the end of the year when you did your incurred cost submission and not worry about doing this seven years later when we get it down to the penny. Absolutely. And there's a lot of contractors where their their estimates are very, very spot on, you know, because they've done the same type of work and had the same kind of rates and been audited. They didn't grow a lot that year. They didn't acquire yeah, anything. You know, you know, they didn't and, get a big contract that they didn't expect that threw their rates out of whack. Right. right. So that makes it a lot, of, a lot easier to, you know, to to work through these quick closeout procedures, you know, when when that's the case, when, you know, you're, there's not a lot of money that you're talking about. And again, it's, you know, a lot of money in the great scheme of government contracting. <laughs> so where does this fit in the acquisition time zones? This is actually not in the acquisition time zone. It's in the execution time zones. And we're talking about the very last one in the wrap up zone. This is where closeout happens. Let's dig into why closeout is so important. It's really crucial to both the government industry to really begin contract closeout the day the contract's awarded and continue it throughout the life of the contract. And, you know, you can do that by keeping really good records on both sides. You know, when a payment is made, subtract it, use a spreadsheet, you know. Right, right. Because not, is- not all contractors are large contractors that have professional accounting systems, right? right? Right. You know, and so just, but, but some methodology, the same for the government side, you do a mod that adds money yet, you know, it, it can be something very simple, but it's really, that makes it so simple and fast to close out the contract after performance has ended because both parties want to ensure that all contractual obligations have been met. You know, they don't want unpaid money sitting out there. And there is such a big drive by DCAA to get that total contract ab- obligation down to zero before you close a contract out. Right. So as soon as a contract's over, you run through that list in the FAR of all the things that's required and you fill out the forms, whether or not you have government property left and whether there's any intellectual property if you kept those records and years later you have to close it out, you open up the file and ta-da, all the information's right there. You don't have to dig for it again. And that's super important when it comes to money because until a contract is officially closed, both sides, industry and the government side, are they're carrying a contingent liability. When those final rates are settled, if it's not exactly what you thought it was going to be, one side could owe the other side some money. And that can cause problems. Unfortunately, contract closeout is often the last priority for any contracting office. Right. The work that's um, going on now is really important. The work that's yeah, done. You know, because yeah. they're busy and, you know, the workforce is getting smaller and the <laughs> workload's not getting any smaller. And so contract closeout, there used to be back in the day an actual contract closeout office in every yeah. contracting yep. office. And I think a lot of industry, a lot of contractors had their own closeout people, yeah. full-time but- closeout people. That contract closeout period really can lead to a surprise if you owe money for either side. Right. You certainly don't want to owe anyone money seven years later. Well, in fact, you know, just had a a client that had a situation. They had a contract that ended in 2008 and they were fully paid. Everybody was happy. And then DCAA did an audit and they decided that our client owed them $60,000. Ooh, $60,000 now for something that happened in yeah, 2008. You know. That could be devastating if you're a small business. Absolutely. And who knows what your financial condition is now versus 
2008. You could have been rolling in the money in 2008, but things are a little tighter now. $60,000 off the bottom line is could be tough. Yeah. Let's get specific on the government side. You you already said closeout is never gets the priority, right? It's always at the bottom of the CEO's list. It absolutely is. It's always at the bottom of, like I said, every office I've ever worked in. A quick funny story. When I first started working in contracting as a procurement clerk, I had a boss and he said, would you like to have an opportunity for personal growth? And I'm sure. You know where this is going, but you know, I didn't know I, you know, what I'm just, I'm a baby procurement clerk. And I said, absolutely. In my most enthusiastic voice. And he said, I'm going to have you doing contract closeout. And I was very excited and I did an exceptionally good job. I closed out some, actually some classified contracts that had been in safes for like 25 years. But what was really funny when it was all over with the boss said, he said, you know what an opportunity for personal growth is. And I said, no. And he said, that means something no one else wants to do. (laughs) And so I used that then for many generations of, of my own employees and trainees by giving them opportunities for personal growth. It really is the bottom of everybody's list. And it is getting more scrutiny and agencies are pushing for that faster closeout to get that contract obligation to zero. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure because agencies are now required to be audited and everyone's trying to get a clean audit. And so you don't want money laying out one side or another that's contingent liabilities. You, you need to know where all it is and who owes what. Getting that to zero as soon as possible is super important. But it's hard to do because like we said before, DCMA and DCAA are so far behind in settling rates. They're they're understaffed. They have been for years. It may take five years, seven years, 10 years to get your rates audited. And that's if you're a big company that can get their attention. If you're a midsize or small company, it's almost impossible to get DCA and DCMA to audit your rates, to get you those final rates in a timely manner. And I'm not I'm not knocking on them. They they just don't have the staff to get the job done. The last job that I worked at Wright Pat was in an FMS office, a foreign military sales office. Don't want to throw out any more acronyms. And, you know, it was especially frustrating to our clients who the people, you know, it was countries. It was this country's money and that money never expires. And so they really wanted to get contract closeout done because almost all of them were cost type contracts and they actually would get the money back. And, you know, with, with DCMA and DCAA, and like you, I think they, you know, they do the best job they can, you know, with what they have to work with, but, you know, they were saying, Hey, it's FMS. It's not even us dollars and it's closeout. So, you know, it's so far down on the bottom of our, <laughs> it's list. below uh, the last priority. And there are things for the government folks that are listening. You know, what we offered to do is to take over the contract closeout portion. They actually cut a mod and made us the ACO for contract closeout. They delegated us that one function back. And so- So you were the PCO and they gave it back to you? And they gave it back to us. So we could actually get these uh, foreign military sales contract closeouts done. Interesting idea. We we took it on. So just, you know, something to throw out there. If you're ever in that situation, you could try that. The reason this is really important for the government folks is if the government owes the contractor back money, and it's seven years down the road, the funds that were originally obligated to the contract have expired. 
you can't use those to pay the bill from seven years ago anymore. You have to take it out of your pocket now. So imagine you get paid every two weeks and you're planning to pay bills with this week's paycheck. Suddenly someone hands you a bill from seven or eight years ago. You can't use seven or eight years ago's money to pay it. You have to use that money from this week's paycheck to pay it, which can really strain the budget. And that's what happens to the government. They have to use current year funds to pay super old bills that probably no one even remembers what they're for. And that stresses the process for buying stuff that they need to buy this year. So let's flip it to the industry side. Why should industry care about this? It's kind of the same thing, right? Well, yeah. Well, why should industry care? Well, it's your money. You know, <laughs> the longer it takes to close out a contract, the longer it's going to be for you to get any money that was withheld or additional money due to you. Because on cost type contracts, you know, there is a certain amount of money withheld just for that reason of settling those right. rates at the end. And it could be that they withheld way more than they should have, and you want to get that back. Let me just say, another reason industry cares is because contractors have zero power to close out a contract until the government is ready. So contract's over, and then you file it away, and you sit around until someone from the government contacts you and says, we're ready to close this contract. And then you just hope that there's someone around that knows where you put those files or knows where that that is in your your electronic file structure. You hope, like there's like you were saying before, Shelly, you hope that they actually kept records and updated them at that time so you don't have to go back and try to recreate this stuff. Keeping good records is really the best way to assist the government in the closeout process because you're, you know, you're gonna be stuck with it and usually it's gonna be a junior person. <laughs> right. And, or they're, the they're brand new say, procurement clerk, the the equivalent of the brand new procurement yeah, they're gonna clerk say, on the industry you know, you're, side. You're in charge of you're in charge of closeout, and like you said, Paul. I mean, you I've had cases where there was no living person who had ever worked <laughs> right. on this contract, and um, we had some files that people have been looking for for years, and we had a CEO retire. He had been in the same office for forty some years, and they found them all in his desk. And I mean, these are like hard copy. Never been in a database, never <laughs> been anywhere, contract files. So it's a massive amount of work. So the more you can do it during the life of the contract, the better it is when the contract ends. Yeah, it's really vital. File everything together as soon as that contract is over so that someone, and that someone is probably not you, be nice to to the future yous out there. File it so that someone can actually find what they need to find when it's time. This is super painful on the industry side when companies are acquired. If, if you are bought or sold, if you're a small company and you're acquired by a larger company, now that larger company is in charge of closeout. They've acquired the liabilities too. And records, they, they often disappear or at least aren't obvious where you find them. So I started working for a very small company that was on QuickBooks. That was a, we were acquired by a larger company that was using Dell Tech for the accounting work. And that company was acquired by an even larger company that was using Dell Tech, but it's a different database. So all of that data did not get merged into there. So there comes a point for, for an ancient closeout to go back. I have to find the one PC that still has QuickBooks on it and, a, and an active license. I have to find the one person that remembers how to do it and how to find that on QuickBooks and 
Try to dig up those records for what happened way, way back there. And if the timing was just right for a contract, if it was a five-year contract that spanned all three periods from small to mid to large business, some of those records might be in each system. So there might be, you might be trying to combine three different sets of numbers to come to a final answer. And that is messy. It takes a lot of time and energy and it's very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. And just to let you know, don't, don't depend on the government to have good records. Just, just to <laughs> let you know, if, if you're from industry out there, don't think that, oh, this is okay because the government keeps really good records. Yeah, it's just They've as hard on the, the government same, side. Uh, you know, different accounting systems, uh, different different ways of doing invoicing. They, they've been through all of that too. So don't 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 expect them to help you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, don't forget your subcontractors. If you're on the industry side, and you have subcontractors, you're required to close out your subcontracts as well. Do it as soon as possible after the contract's over, so that you don't have to track down those records later. Especially if you have a bunch of small companies that are the subs that either go out of business or are acquired themselves, it gets really messy to try to close subcontracts years down the road. Okay, Shelly, I think that's a good overview of contract closeout. Let's summarize by saying closeout is a part of the contracting process, an important part of the contracting process, and closeout should not be ignored by either party. Absolutely, Paul. Keeping good records throughout the life of the contract on both sides, contractor and CO, is going to help make the closeout quicker. And it takes more resources to dig through an old contract, and trust me, I've done this, <laughs> in a warehouse with 500 damp boxes because there had been a fire. I mean, I've done this, okay? I'm just saying. So it takes more resources to dig through an old contract and figure out how to close it out than it does to just get it done within the timeframes required by the FAR. Yeah, it, it really does. And I think a lot of government people are helpless to follow those FAR-based timelines. There's just not enough people and not enough emphasis on it to enable it to be done that quickly. I'll wrap up with a reminder that there's nothing contractors can do to speed up the start of the closeout process. They're, they're just captive until the government's ready to close it out. But contractors can do a lot to speed up the process once that closeout is requested. If they have all those records, if they put some emphasis on it themselves, they can make the actual process, the, the active part of the closeout world, they can make that happen a lot more quickly. In my last government job, we actually decided to bundle a whole bunch of contracts with one contractor going back 20 years to more recent history. We decided to make closeout easier. Let's bundle all those into one negotiation and we'll just do a clean sweep. Basically, a lots of debits and credits work out in those rate variances. And then no one, it's not like I pay you $100, then you pay me $90, and then I pay you $10. And there's a lot of work and no actual money ends up, no one ends up with more actual money. But we bundled it all together, got them all out of the way at once. The contractor was super happy. We were super happy. And it enabled us to focus resources for a short time and get a lot done. And with that, thanks for joining me today, Shelly. I'm always happy to be here. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. Thanks to our special guest, Shelly Hall. And please join us on the Contracting Officer Podcast Network on LinkedIn and the Government Contracting Network Group on Facebook. As always, send your questions, comments, or complaints to me at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us.